Hello and welcome to the podcast that goes in-depth with some of the best unsigned and independent artists. It's the Barstool Music UK's Safe Space. Yes, it's me, Luke Knowles, and I am back once again with another great guest on this week's podcast. This week, we're going to be going in-depth and getting to know the brilliant singer-songwriter from Birmingham that is Charlotte Champion. Now, you may recognise the name as she has been a guest on the Barstool Music Show on Switch Radio Wednesday nights at 10pm. Shameless plug. Get it in early. Um, And she released her debut album, As The Summer, this year, and I was honoured enough to be a part of the launch show that happened back in I think it was October now and it was just a brilliant thing to witness she's got an amazing voice an amazing musician as well and I thought it'd be great to kind of do a deep dive on her her musical background and just everything to do with Charlotte herself and just find out the singer behind the music and so if you are unfamiliar with Charlotte then this is a little example of what she sounds like So yes, that was Say, taken from her debut album As The Summer, which as I said, dropped earlier this year. So here we go. It is time for this week's Safe Space interview with the brilliant Charlotte Champion. Hello, Charlotte Champion. It's uh, great to see you again. Hi, it's brilliant to see you again, Luke. Yeah, no, it's great. I think the last time was uh, at your debut album launch party, which is uh, brilliant, yeah, by, was brilliant by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice, and um, it was it was nice to sit down afterwards and just have a drink and a chat, and yeah, definitely get to know you. So I thought it'd be nice to for everyone else to get to know you and just find mm-hmm. out um, a little bit more about the uh, Charlotte behind the music. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Brilliant. So um, to kind of kick us off, what what was kind of your first introduction into music? Had you always had quite a musical family around you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think in my case, um, my parents always say I could sing before I could talk. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so I used to, apparently, I'd sit in the back seat of the car in my uh, car seat. Yeah. And um, sing Seesaw Madgerido. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was sort of the first thing I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> About after I said mum, that was like the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no in between, just straight to full on singing verses, yeah, exactly. choruses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um both of my parents are very musical. Yeah. So they both um were in choirs and orchestras. Yeah. My dad plays double bass. Oh, and he's okay. a bass in the choir as well. And my mum's a soprano. Oh, and she plays a flute. Yeah. So um Oh, and Dad plays piano as well, so I always had him playing the piano growing up. Yeah. And then I wanted to learn piano. Yeah. You know, it goes on from there, really. The rest is history. Yeah. Oh, nice. Did did your dad kind of teach the piano? Because my dad plays guitar, but I could never take lessons from him. But was was... Yeah, definitely (laughs) the same problem here. (laughs) He did try to teach me, and sometimes it was good, and then sometimes I'd just end up um, having a bit of a strop and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know it didn't work amazingly yeah um, yeah 
Yeah. Oh, nice. And obviously with your sort of parents having that kind of choir and flute double bass, is, is that what kind of inspired you down the sort of soul, soul route kind of thing? It's hard to say. I think I've just always enjoyed soulful, jazzy music. Yeah. Um, I remember being young, I always wanted to copy whenever I saw like a jazz band yeah. or um, whenever I heard somebody playing the trumpet doing a little bit of, um, uh, what's the word when you make something up on the spot? Oh, like improvisation. Improvisation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always just loved it and I used to sing things to myself. Um, so I guess it just started young. Yeah. Um, and then as I got older, um, I started to be more classically trained. Okay. Um, so, but whenever it was my piano exams, every single year, yeah. I chose in the in the bit where there's always a jazzy piece. Yeah. I always chose the jazzy piece. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, great. And do, do you think that kind of like classical training has helped? Because obviously you've got an incredible vocal range from when I've seen you live yeah. and on the record and all that. And yeah. that's obviously inspired by your sort of classical training background. Yeah, sure. it, it really sure. helps. That's, that's where I learned to, you know, sing, sing all of the high notes and yeah. <laughs> sing, you know, sing strong and uh, definitely gave me a lot of skills. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that old sing from but the actually, belly. Actually, I'm, I'm currently looking to get some jazz piano lessons. Oh, nice! I've just had my first one. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely brilliant because yeah. it's opening a whole new world of theory to me. Because having studied classical music, you learn a very specific type of music theory. Yeah, and um, so I know a bit about jazzy chords and everything, but I feel like there's a whole world out there that I'm really wanting to explore. Yeah, it's kind um, of like take the rule book, throw it out the window. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> learn some new rules and then yeah. throw them out i think <laughs> that's, that's what jazz is it's right you do this but actually you don't do that you ignore all of that and you yeah. just do what you want <laughs> yeah. so so is that kind of the sort of um path your sort of new music might be taking is leaning more towards the jazzier end of things who knows really yeah. um at the moment the songs that i'm working on in my head and sort of playing around with my new new song ideas yeah, yeah they are a bit more jazz influenced in terms of the uh, the scales and the modes yeah. in them um but i think i'm just always looking for funky rhythms and funky grooves and yeah anything that's just got something a bit more exciting in it than a four-four beat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what that's what gets me excited. Yeah. Um, so even looking more into like Latin rhythms and oh, nice. um, sort of polyrhythms and yeah, um, music. It all it all makes me so. Um, what's the word? Intellectually stimulated. Yeah. Musically. <laughs> yeah, I know, musically I know exactly what you excited. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spend a lot of your formative years in China what was that like uh, for you sort of musically yeah um well yeah we moved there when I was about five yeah um came back when I was about 17 yeah um so it was a lot of my life really um yeah and musically I used to sing at school mm. I was part of a youth group band as well yeah 
um and it, it all taught me lots of you know basic skills of you know what you'd what you'd learn at school with music yeah um but yeah i think it was it was always amazing to be able to be part of um when you when you live in china and you're part of the sort of international community yeah. there's a lot of other expats from all over the world mm. um and then of course my chinese friends so you know sometimes we'd go and see some chinese traditional music being performed yeah. somewhere or we'd be hearing you know um somebody's choir that they put together yeah. or a band from one country or another so i heard i heard a lot of different you know influences all the time yeah out there. I don't, it um, must have been quite an experience was it sort of was it different in the way that sort of music was taught over there I'd say because mm. i i didn't go so i went to an international school for a bit yeah and that was just my parents were actually the music teachers okay <laughs> so easy ride then <laughs> so that was great <laughs> and we did you know we did musicals i used to love doing those yeah um, um, but then I was homeschooled for a while as well, yeah. um, as a teenager. So with that, I, yeah, it was very, you know, random what, what I learned. Yeah. I think sometimes, cause I did, I studied in England for a year in year seven. Yeah. Um, and I did feel a bit sad leaving in year seven because I was about to be, um, it's one of my biggest sadnesses in life. Aww. I was about to be Grace Farrell in the production of Annie at Aww. school. I'd just been cast in the part. <laughs> I was so ready and I'd really enjoyed kind of, I guess the musical environment in England, there's just a lot a lot of stuff going on yeah. all the time. I know it was a bit not as, um, not as prolifically everywhere. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> When we moved back Aww. to Shanghai, I was like, no, <laughs> my chance to, to be do in the limelight. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, sat I on really the plane want... like... <laughs> Literally, I really wanted to be a uh, Grace Farrell. <laughs> it was my dream role and I never got to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there were sort of pros and cons. You know, sometimes I got these amazing experiences or... You know, people would come to Shanghai to perform a bit like they come to London to perform. Yeah. Like the King Singers, for example. I don't know if you've heard of them. Mm. Um, they were amazing. But then sometimes there wouldn't be much going on at all. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't be part of the musical or I couldn't um, join the rock band because there wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then there were bands, you know, there was bands at my youth group. So yeah. It, it, it was, it was really different. Like it, was... it was a bit different, <laughs> yeah. but it was great in yeah. different ways. Well, it's just yeah. one of those, it's obviously an experience. It's it's given you something that is unique to you and mm -hmm. helps you then when you sort of form your music, all those, even if they're not consciously, subconsciously, you've got all that experience building up and yeah for sure for me that sort of experience really speaks to your sort of ethereal atmospheric side mm. of your tracks that they take and i can kind of Absolutely. understand now where that might yeah. come from because yeah. it was that always sort of straight after did you find yourself being like i want i want this to be big absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. i think particularly the choir influences you know i love um four-part harmonies yeah. eight-part harmonies 
you know, now I'm part of a choir called Chorus Amiki. Yeah. We sing these gorgeous, you know, sometimes we'll do sacred works, sometimes we'll do um, Santa Baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big seal, <big> seal. <laughs> But they're, you know, incredible singers and there's nothing like singing in harmony with a yeah. whole bunch of people. It's just, yeah. So when I, when I create my tracks, I'm all about the harmonies, yeah. vocal harmonies. <laughs> And then, okay, fine, I'll add some instruments to yeah. it. <laughs> so people sit there and go, Charlotte, you sure you don't want to add? No, just just vocal, 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 vocal. <laughs> We've done 26. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I think there's about 12 on one of my tracks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, well, that leads us nicely into, obviously, this year. You, um, I had the pleasure of witnessing you drop your debut album. Um, what was that kind of process like? Was it something that you recorded during the lockdown or had you started work on it before the world went mad kind of thing? Yeah, so um, I basically recorded all of it during lockdown. Yeah. Um, two of the songs, Blue Light and Lemon Sky, I'd released as singles before sort of the world went crazy. Yeah. Um, but then I re-recorded them for the album, so with more real instruments, because I actually had a chance to have yeah. <laughs> real musicians on yeah. them. Oh, um, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically back in 2000 and... Gosh, was it 2020? Um, I don't think I anyone applied... can keep track anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I applied for funding towards whether uh, putting together an album yeah and i got one of the fundings that i applied for yeah. so it basically just gave me the opportunity and i was like right i'm gonna take this let's do it yeah so yeah that was when i properly had had all these recordings going on yeah um yeah so that's when it began Oh, nice. And and had you, like had you said, had you already kind of got a few songs in the bank, a bit of a direction of what you wanted to take, or was it kind of like yeah. once you got the money, it was like, bang, let's get creating? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a few songs in the bank. Um, so, yeah, Blue Light, Lemon Sky, yeah. Found, uh, let me think. Um, and Such Walls Fail, which is a... A piano based piece yeah um those ones i'd already written yeah um but then yeah last year i suddenly had the inspiration for shimmer and mm. breathe and say um and i guess the ideas had been lurking there but i had the time to actually fully develop them yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so all that all that time <laughs> staring at the wall it's like i probably should do something creative here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know the feeling because yeah. <laughs> i think it's Sorry. Oh no, you carry on. Oh, you're going to be more interesting than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think especially um, Shimmer and Breathe, you know, the lyrics are particularly uh, related to my experiences during lockdown. Yeah. Um, and they were quite a cathartic writing experience. Yeah. Because um, Shimmer was about, you know, being there for the people that you love in difficult times. Um and, you know, it was, it was just pretty rubbish in every respect. Yes. <laughs> um, during that time, yeah. we were all really low, really lonely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I saw my loved people, my loved ones were struggling. So 
I wrote that song and all the lyrics, you know, came from that um that lived experience. Yeah. And then breathe. Um I uh, I had a bereavement last year and another one this year. Um mm. And yeah, it was sort of written in response to that. There's a line that says it, it's been a year of hard, um, my friend. Yeah. And it, it's very much like I wanted to sing to my friends. You know, yeah. Been through this year of absolute that. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Best way to describe it. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to celebrate the fact that we would be able to meet together again. Yeah. Um, it was sort of an anticipatory song because I didn't know whether we'd be able to even hold my um, album launch gig because of all the restrictions. Yeah, I remember you, I remember talking to you about it, yeah. Yeah, so it was such a joy to be able to actually see yeah. everybody and um, sing that song. That, that was the moment I was dreaming of when I wrote the song. Really? Oh, getting to share it. Getting to share it with, you know... All those people. Yeah. It was just, yeah, made me so happy. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you, you did seem <laughs> yeah. very, very happy. And it was such a nice atmosphere. And it was, it was great to be sort of part of that. Because it was your first mm-hmm. live performance, wasn't it, since everything it kind of shut down? Full, full band. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. It was the first playthrough of all of my album. And yeah. Sort of. Yeah, with everybody. It was surreal, really, because I'd not played with people for so long. Yeah. So it's like a new learning curve. Like, well, yeah. What was that? Oh, yeah, I've got other people in the band now. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a drummer. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a trumpet in my ear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, guitar, guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. I know. And what I thought was, was very nice, obviously, because I know your father's um, hard of hearing. It was nice that you had a... Um, I noticed the sign language yeah, um, sign as language. part of the gig, which I thought was a, a very, very nice touch yeah, that you had on it. Well, it, was, it was very important to me. Yeah. And when I applied to do the album, I specifically said I'd love to have a BSL interpreter. Can you help me fund it? Yeah. Um, and they did. Um, so, yeah, because my dad's experience as a deaf person, he doesn't... Um, use BSL himself. Yeah. Um, he's always felt quite excluded from communal music sessions. Yes. I would say, yeah. Because you know sometimes he can't, he can never understand the lyrics at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know he can't hear what you're saying. So you know I gave him a sheet of all the lyrics. Oh. Just for him. <laughs> yeah. And anybody else who wanted it. Um, but then yeah, to be able to invite BSL users and just to have it live streamed so that anybody who couldn't be there in person. Yeah. You know, maybe they were shielding or something. Yeah. They could actually enjoy it too. It's just very important to me. Yeah. It would, to see that. So it was a dream come true. It really was. Yeah. No, because I did notice, because you're very much like an, an advocate for raising awareness of sort of like disabilities mm. in music as having one yourself. And like yeah. for me, having one as well, it was, it was nice to... Like I say, see, but that's ironic for me to say. But like, <laughs> it was it was nice to notice at the corner of my good eye that like that that was that was kind of going on, and then it's very much a forefront for you because it's it's quite a a big thing for you raising awareness mm. for disability. Because I know you've done interviews about it in the past, and I have, yeah, and things like that. And, and what's it kind of been your experience with your um in particular disability, sort of when it comes to music. Yeah. 
comes to music. Um, so I have scoliosis, so yeah. my spine isn't straight. Yeah. Um, and it's given me many a myriad of issues growing up. Mm. Um, I got started getting back pain when I was maybe 11, 12 years old. Um, and sort of struggled with my breathing and struggled with various things like standing in a choir for a long time yeah great for me yeah long periods of singing are quite exhausting and i get quite painful um just sort of the longer i'm doing anything for so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i was always very acutely aware as a teenager especially just oh gosh music is really difficult for me to take part in yeah i love it so much so i'm gonna do it yeah um but, you know, you had to make sacrifices the next day, maybe, to cope with doing it. Yeah. And I guess now that I'm older, I'm just thinking, actually, do I have to make all these sacrifices? Are there ways we can make it work? Yeah. So that people like me can actually take part as a musician or people in the audience can enjoy being there rather than yeah. kind of biting their lip all the way through and, you know, <laughs> struggling to stand. Yeah. All the way through a gig, because um, that, that was always the worst, you know. I'd go to my favourite concert, I'd be there loving it, and then about half an hour in... Your head's going, sit down! <laughs> literally, like, yeah. I can't stand any longer, oh, what am I going to oh, do? Yeah. And um, my my husband Peter was thankfully extremely helpful yeah. with a lot of those experiences, but it's just like, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Yeah, so wanting to try and make small changes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's not because I I noticed obviously when you did your your gig, you had your sort of support. Then you came on. Then support came back on. Then you came on again. And I thought it was a mm -hmm. nice touch. And that obviously is one way that you've adapted your performance. Yeah. So that you you don't like because I know people say suffer for their art, but you don't have to actually physically suffer. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it was it was nice that like it's obviously very much a forefront and conscious and like you said it's extended to an audience as well not just yeah. not just I'm going to make sure I'm fine it's like no I'm going to make sure the people that allow me to do this kind of thing can appreciate it just as much as I can and I think I think that's that's really really nice yeah, yeah. sorry like <laughs> <laughs> shut up. <laughs> But no, it's, um, and it always happens at very poignant points as well. No one ever phones oh, when it's a really dull story. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's great. And, and sort of what's what's kind of next for um, Charlotte Champion? Yeah, so at the minute I've sort of got a few song ideas mulling over in my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm aiming to do more live performances next year, get yeah. some festivals and some gigs. Um, and also I'm looking to do more community performance work as yeah. well. Yeah, um, finally get Gracie. Last... <laughs> 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 so, um, last week, oh, was it this week? I can't remember what day is it. Is it the... Oh, I'm, I'm yeah, like that. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like Christmas <laughs> is in three weeks. It's like, I don't even know where I, I am anymore. <laughs> yeah, on Monday, yeah. I did a, a school performance. Oh, nice. Um, and did like a workshop with the kids. Yeah. And I, I love doing that kind of thing. I used to um, do choir workshops in schools yeah. way before everything happened with the pandemic. Yeah. So I'd love to do more of that, really. It's just great to 
introduce kids to music. Yeah. I actually teach music privately, um, teach piano and singing. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a big thing that I love to do. So I'd love to do more of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just see where things go. I think, you know, I've just written this album and put so much work into it. So I'm deserve a break. That. <laughs> yeah. I deserve a break. Yeah. <laughs> Just enjoy yourself for a bit and just be like, stop bugging me about new music. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, rest assured, there's plenty of ideas in my head. I can can imagine. And after speaking to you and hearing about your jazz lessons and all this, I'm I'm picturing very much a a very wide-ranging instalments from you in the next couple of years. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it all sounds exciting, Charlotte. And thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with me today yeah no problem it's so great to see you yeah no it's, it's great to see you and get to know you and your experience and it's kind of allows me to even view well i can view listen to your music in a very deeper way now and i, yeah. I can't wait to hear what's next from you well thanks so much no problem yeah. right so that's the interview done <laughs> So there you have it. That was my conversation with the brilliant Charlotte Champion. Hopefully you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. She's such an incredible person and a brilliant musician as well. And sort of what she does with her music and her sort of advocating for disability in music. I just really feel that she's got so much to give and we've only just heard the beginnings of what she can achieve. Um, So, yep, if you did like what you heard and want to kind of follow her and sort of learn more about her, then do go to charlotte.champion across all the social medias. And, of course, head over to Spotify and give As The Summer a stream now. You will not regret it. So, again, if you've liked what you heard, then please do not hesitate to subscribe. You can do that via any of your usual podcast places. Um, and of course go back and check out our previous two episodes if you haven't already with the brilliant Jack Hinks a great singer-songwriter from Scotland and Michaela Fidesco sorry a brilliant singer-songwriter from Bristol so we have more to come however we're going to be taking a break over the Christmas period but we will be back with um, two great episodes to kick us off for the new year cannot wait to drop them for you so if you want to find out a little bit more about Barstool Music UK and sort of safe space as a whole then please do go to Barstool underscore music um, across all social platforms apart from facebook where it is barstool music uk and of course you can email me barstool music uk at gmail.com let me know what you think of the podcast or you could just leave a comment or review on wherever you get your podcasts and yeah i just look forward to um bringing you more and more of these in-depth interviews because it's just fascinating to find out how these singer songwriters work and i don't know about you but it brings a whole new understanding of their music as a whole so once again you've been listening to the barcelona music uk podcast safe space that is a mouthful i've been luke knowles and until next year keep safe